The opinions expressed in the following program are those of the producer and not necessarily those of WKTV Community Media. All right. Welcome to my humble opinion. I'm Will. I got Daph here and Mondo. What's going on? We have a wonderful show for you today. Today we're going to be talking about how your childhood can impact your adulthood, whether that's good, bad, or indifferent. So just starting it off and saying, how do you think your childhood could impact your, uh, your adulthood? Let's start with not having a father. How important or how much does that affect an adult? I think with an adult, so few things here. Not having a man around, right? Even rather it's a father, because if you have an absent father, do you have positive male role models and influences, right? Other than in the 80s, Bill Cosby, or Cliff Huxtable on television. Don't bring up Bill so Cosby. So you would have to see, so, so say as a man, right? Right. Not having a father, maybe you've never seen your mother be loved by a man. Then you may not have learned how to love on a woman because you've never seen it, right? Right. A little girl never having like a fatherly love, you know, that protector and stuff like that. Then it's like when you do meet a man, then how do you be able to embrace it? you know, receive, absorb, yeah, receive that protection and all that kind of stuff that comes from a man. Cause it's a lot of, um, young ladies that I've met in my time. I could, y'all wouldn't love by y'all daddy. And then now I got to get all the residual abuse from that because <laughs> Earl they left, they daddy. because Earl left when you was two. Right. You know what I'm saying? But I mean, it is what it is. But then in a sense though, you could think about it as a lot of people have figures in their life and then they end up the figures are not well. You know what I mean? Like they're abusive or right, right. they're manipulative to the mom or the dad mm -hmm. or, and then it, it leads to them being as adults, being hateful in some situations or not mm -hmm. liking another type of person or whatever, just because. Yeah, we, we was having this conversation, me and a cousin, that when a, a, a young person, right, you grew up in an abusive household, right? right. Mm -hmm. So then when you get older, because that's normal, right? You don't know that that dysfunction is normal. normal. You know what I'm saying? Dysfunctional family, but you don't know no better. So then when you get older... You look for it. You Right? You, yeah. you, you hitting on your that's mate. That's what's comfortable to you. Beating on your mate because yeah. that's what you know. Yeah. A, a woman letting a dude abuse him, but you've seen that growing up. So it's just like, yeah, it's, it don't feel right. I don't like it, but right. this, is how, yeah. this is how things yeah. go. I, I think also when you look at... Um, the way, like you said, Mondo, young ladies will respond to a real man, uh, not just some boy, but a real man, sometimes it's foreign. Mm -hmm. And because it's foreign, they reject it. And they reject it and reject it, but they don't know why. They're like, this is a good dude. I like this guy. Everything's going good. So sometimes they'll self-sabotage mm -hmm. uh, a situation. The same thing with men. Uh, I know that, you know, you have a young man who grew up and saw the way his dad treated his mom, but saw how his mom always said she loved his dad. Yeah. Still cooked for him, still cleaned his clothes, still made sure he had everything, but he saw how abusive and disrespectful. So then that person feels, like you said, 
Like that's love. That's what love is about. And what? if you're not fighting, love got yeah. To but do sometimes it. with these women, you can grow up in a household and have both your parents, mm-hmm. and you know you can go out into society and look for a man, and a man cannot be what you expect from your father, and he can expect that he's a great man just because he expects he's a great man, and he probably had a bad upbringing, mm-hmm. and to you, he doesn't seem like a great man because he doesn't resemble your father figure. Well, yeah. because. And I think that when you when you do have not just your father but a male a positive male figure, that that gives you a baseline, right? So there's going to be some things you don't like about whoever this person is, this man, whether he's your father or your uncle or your granddad. It's going to be something, but at least you get a baseline of what it is. For some, it's of, a found, you have to have a foundation. foundation. Some, right. Something to compare. Block. Yeah. Something to compare. You know, it's like a young lady who dates a man, and the first dude that she's ever with, she's with him for the rest of his of about ten years. And that's all she ever know. I don't want her. Me neither. Why? That's all she gets. It gets some experience. Experience. Because you don't got no experience, and it don't got to be like sexual or nothing like that. I, I, because my thing is, I want to be appreciated. If all you know is Abusive. this then you won't appreciate nothing else. But then maybe they might appreciate it because they're coming from something that they're used to and then now you're different. I mean, granted, I'm awesome, right? Okay, but I'm just saying, you (laughs) as in a perspective of people. (laughs) But you use the word, you were like rejected, right? Mm -hmm. I also think rejection plays a great deal in it, right? Because you can have a parent, right? You can have a being a household with two parents. Right. What happens when the parents separate, right? Right. And then whichever parent, and granted, not to beat up on the guys, but it's usually the you know the father. Wins. You know, I mean, most circumstances, most cases rather, the children stay with the mom. So then, what happens when now you had that sense of rejection because your dad left, even though dad left mom. Right. But you feeling like, oh, he left me. Why he didn't because... take me with him? And it's usually, it's usually the one who leaves. It seems like, like you said, they're leaving everybody. They're leaving me. Mm-hmm. They're not just leaving my mom. But then it's like, well, what did I do that he didn't take me with him? Yep. If she's the problem or if he's the problem, yep. if, the, if they're going to stay with the dad, then why didn't you take me with you? Did you only care for yourself to be gone and then not right. me? Uh, but I think in, in those circumstances that that carries over to adulthood. You know, if a young lady grew up and every man that she came encounter with, and I'm not talking about uh, sexual relationships or intimacy, mm-hmm. just every male that she thought was had her best interest at heart has treated her wrong, treated her foul. She's never experienced either unconditional love mm-hmm. or someone who don't want anything from you but the best from you, right? So then she treats everybody like that. Yeah. Then so- you have the same thing with the young man is that if he never saw how a man's supposed to treat a woman, then he's doing trial and error, right? Well, and, and that, that's part of dating, I think, too, trial and error. Not purposely, but... Right. Mm. Well, just I just mean, happens. I, I, just, I go back to foundation. Like, he don't have a foundation of what what's considered, you know, mm. how to treat a woman or a good man. And sometimes it's, it's, it's a dysfunction that gives you the better perspective. Like, if we have a bad parent, then you kind of know what not to do or what you don't want to do because but, of the bad but, parent. Say, right. say when we say bad parent, right? So I'm going to go back to the re- rejection a little bit. So you have an absent parent, right? Mm-hmm. And it built so, so with me, you know, I had re- rejection issues, you know, and, and I knew I, I went and, and talked because black people, it's okay to talk to, to a somebody, counselor yeah. or whoever. So in, in, in the midst right. of it, 
It was like, oh, you got rejection issues. Yeah. So that's why, like, sometimes, you know, I'd be dating somebody, and I'd just be like, couldn't let go. Now I'd be like, oh, bye bye. Oh, you still here? <laughs> yep. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you ain't happy, right. you know, shoot. But, you know, w- you know where that come from. So then I'm like, consistency with parents. Because sometimes it can be worse to be, you know, I don't see you for two years, and then boom, you pop up, and it's like, oh, mommy, my daddy, whoever, and then bam, they're going again, and then that's almost causing more trauma because it's the up and down roller coaster. So I think sometimes it's better, like, look, just if you're gonna stay away, just stay stay away. away. But rather, just be all in. If you, whatever your issue is, it could be substance abuse, whatever. You know, we can work through that. Right. It's yeah. like sometimes it's like just be there because humans are relational, right? Mm-hmm. So rather relationship is good, bad, or indifferent, it's still relationship. Everybody yearns for relationship. I always say the most um, best resource on earth is people, right? And that's what it's all about. People, community, and it all start with relationships. We're social we're social beings. Yeah. We're yep. social beings. And that's why isolation drives you in crazy. It drives you crazy. Yeah. You can yeah. only talk to yourself for so long, sing yeah. to yourself for so long, read for so much. Yeah, unless you're an introvert. Then still, you yeah, still... You know what I'm not. You know what I am. <laughs> not an introvert or an extrovert, ex- whatever it is. So, I, you know, I can't... <laughs> whatever. How, how do you... So when... How do you deal with someone that you see these issues, mm-hmm. Right. And you're dated them, you're into them, and you notice them, and they may not even notice that they have these issues. That that that's baggage from uh, childhood. Do you have the time to sit there and work through that with them? Well, do you not like them because they have these issues, and and that can like determine how much time you have for it. Because do you like them, and you think that you can see some type of potential in them where you can work with them? Or do you just feel like, oh, this is just a fling or this is just a thing? So I really, you know, I don't care. Like, I could dabble, but I don't really care. So. That, that's like, you know what? I ain't finna be here but, but for three months. Uh, yeah. so. <laughs> I'm not your mom. <laughs> yeah. Right. I'm not but your dad. You don't, I don't you know. You'll figure you know, it out. Yeah. But who, who Good you, luck. Who do you think longs for long, longs for that more, a man or a woman? Like I that, think that, both. That, that, both. You think both? Yeah. Do, I, do, think, oh. I think some men have more mommy and daddy issues than females do because sometimes females we progress a little bit faster than guys mm-hmm. so we advance a little bit more and we're a little bit stronger I feel like I could be wrong but I'm just saying I could but my thing is a lot of times guys have those issues and it's hard for guys to like portray their vulnerability yeah their vulnerability yeah. We, it, some of us don't some some of us they always act so strong and like oh my god blah 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 but deep down inside you got mommy issues i hope they don't inside. sound like that while you're saying inside it. we're broken we are yeah, they're clearly and, from and that facebook only, page from the facebook page not only they have broken, they been broken, broken from their home and they've had a dysfunctional family type of situation where their mom might not have been married or their dad left or they were with their dad and the mom left Why whatever you my business? but i'm just saying i don't know your business i don't know nobody else's business <laughs> I'm just saying. But you can date a guy and he could have these issues from home and then he goes out into the world and he dates a girl and then another girl breaks up with him and hurts him and then he goes out and he dates another girl and he's hurt from that. So by the time I meet him, he broke up. Like, I'm not fixing no China. You know what I'm saying? That's not my thing. Do you think sometimes that, how to put it, from what you say, the mommy and daddy issues... Would that be why some people 
would date older people because of their mommy or daddy issues? I think that could be the case too. Or even if you want to go back to the dark side of it, mm-hmm. some people could have had some type of traumatic like molestation mm-hmm. issues or something mm-hmm. when they were children. And so that's let's what jump, they look to. Let's jump right, right into it. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I you didn't know, cut you no, off. No, go ahead. Say what you're going to No, say. no, I'm saying let's jump into oh. it because I mean, we're going to go deep then. <laughs> I'm just saying some people could have those traumatic experiences. Right. So then when they go out in the world, they're like, oh, I'm 15 or not 15. I guess that's way too young, but I'm just saying I'm 20 mm-hmm. and I'm going to look for an older guy that's already like 38 or 37 no, or something say like that. 15. Say 15. Because I, at my prom, when I went to prom, yeah. so if I'm in high school, you're teenagers, Yeah. but some young ladies had dates that were in their 20s. And they yeah. were able to come to the school? Well, the prom went at the school, you know, it'd be at, uh, oh, well, you know, yeah. wherever, mm-hmm. but you know, but so, some yeah. people like that, and then those older guys were probably able to give them some type of affection that they were missing from home, or even they could have seen their mom out doing some type of different types of things. Getting and $40. Then, and then, okay, I don't know if it was 40 I almost stuck my finger <laughs> up, but this is a family show. <laughs> but, you know, so some things really affect people mentally, and, like, we don't really pay attention to it when we look at people and we we are concerned with people's humble opinions, you know what I mean? Because other people fight back at the opinions that people have, but the opinions aren't facts. It's the, it, the thing is that people... This, this is how people are, and we can't control how they are because, mm-hmm. you know... And you just know, because these things it, have happened when you look them. at... You know, we say our humble opinion. When you look at that, your opinions are usually formed from things that you've been through, things that you've seen, things that you've heard. And so it's okay to have a humble opinion, but you also have to be open for other people's opinion. So when we talk about that hurt from a child up into an adult, now if I'm dating a young lady and it's going to get serious, there's some certain questions that I'm going to ask. Right. You know, mm-hmm. was your mom and dad together for uh, for a long time, never together? You got brothers and sisters, how did that? Because I want to know all of these things that make you click, right? Yeah, it's, because it's I didn't know you as a kid. Mm-hmm. So now I know you as an adult. Now I know how to deal with you because I'm like, oh, her love language for her family You're right. was gifts. So that's why I'm having this issue with not getting intimacy from her. Mm-hmm. Okay, or her family didn't hug. They had no emotional attachments to one another at all. Yeah. Oh, now I see why it's difficult. So then I have a choice whether to try to bring that out of you and introduce you to it or say, ain't going to work with me. You yeah. got to go. You, you know, we, we all have this this invisible shield, shield on, or glass, this window, this belief window. So from the time you're born to whenever... You're always etching something on this. Keep a note. Yep. Yeah. You know, and then sometimes you might learn something new. Scratch out something. So, you know, and then you put something else in, right? So, same thing. Like, me, we, we come, so, like, on my family, especially on my mom's side growing up, we are an affectionate family. Right. You know, we kiss babies and we hug goodbye and do that kind of stuff. You know, we was taught, like, your older cousins, that's not, you, you don't call them by their first name. Yeah. They your mom and daddy age, you call them auntie. We call them, yeah. Yep, you know what I'm saying? Your mama best friend okay. or something. Yep. That's your that's your auntie too. That's an up and, north um, thing. Huh? That's an up north thing. That's an up north thing. <laughs> See that you know what y'all Well, because be down south they all are cousins. <laughs> that's <So>. a fact. <laughs> you know, so then I was dating somebody <laughs> and my mom had said something like to the kids, like, oh, because you know, my kids call my boys uncle, whatever. Yeah. Right. So she said, oh, yeah, well, you know, uncle, whoever, Reggie, David, whatever, you know. She's like, uncle, that ain't his brother. <laughs> then my mom, like, 
they've been hanging out 30 years. Yeah. They like more than brothers, brothers. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, but it's that, you know, how I think dynamics is. So with them, it wasn't like that. You just Tracy. You just my mama right. homegirl Tracy. Yeah. And you I ain't got to respect saying? you. Yep. I think when, for, and I correct me if I'm wrong, Mondo, what you're speaking towards is that respect level that once you call somebody ain't your uncle, that comes with some type of respect. If yep. I call you just Tracy, then I can say whatever I want because you're just Tracy. To, yeah, to a degree. Yeah, you know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, yeah. But if I, if I say this is my auntie, then what I'm doing is taking ownership of you. And once I take ownership of you, then the respect is there and then no one else can come up. I can't see somebody on the streets mm -hmm. saying something crazy to you because immediately I'm like, you don't talk to my aunt like that? <laughs> exactly. Like immediately, that's mm -hmm. the, so that's the type of ownership, but that comes from how... We're talking about how your childhood can affect your adulthood because those relationships are become so entwined with who you are and what you are that it can be 30 years later and you haven't seen this person in 15 years. Mm -hmm. And immediately, you still feel that same sense of family. Yeah. Because yeah. some of my, you know, cousins, so now that I'm like 40, you know, Sometimes now they, when they introduce, like when we was a kid, they'd be like, oh, this is my nephew. So mm -hmm. now I'm in my 40s, so they'd be like, oh, this my little cousin. Right. And I'm like, no, I'm still your nephew. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm still young. Yeah, I'm a little Mondo. I think with, so my respect is you're right. still here. And I think now they're respecting me now because they like, you're not that little boy no more. Right. But to me, it's like, you, it don't, that don't change. Okay. Yeah. So let me ask you guys this. What, what, did you take from your childhood that you kind of think negatively impacting you as an adult that you didn't probably even if you didn't deal with it or that it just was you couldn't deal with it you still haven't mentally grasped how to deal with it you gonna, you gonna go first mm -mm. you know i might get to rambling <laughs> nah you go okay i go so back again like i was saying earlier like you know d dealing with rejection at a, at a certain age, uh, I was a really a knucklehead, you know, getting in trouble, trying to run the streets and stuff. Mom's like, nah, I ain't having it. You know, she called her father like, hey, I'm about to drop this little, I can't say on the show, off to you, you know what I'm right. saying? So I think I'm just going to Kalamazoo for the weekend or something. Oh, your back. Monday back. come back. <laughs> oh, my mom come back to give me Monday. She's dropping my stuff off, right? So, you know, as a young boy, you know, even though I was like probably like 14 at the time, you know, it make you give you a sense. And, and, and yeah, I know my mama gonna say this, so I'm not mad at my. Of course, y'all love my mom, but you know, back then you thinking like, dang, my mama don't want me. Right. You know what I'm saying? Pops ain't around at the time for whatever reason. My daddy's probably gone. gonna see now this too. Gone. Right. You know, still love both my parents. They, they they my people. So you know, as a young person, you like, I don't want to be like I love my grandfather. I don't want to be here. Right. So he was like, I want to be with my mama. Right. So, you know, it it caused that. Then you re, you get to rebelling. So even when I would come home sometime, I, it, it, you know, I wouldn't verbalize it. But in my heart, I'd be like, I don't want to go back. But then after a while, then I'm like, now I'm older. I'm so now home. I'm 16, 17. I'm not even coming to Grand Rapids that much. Right. I'm, you know, now yeah. I, didn't, I didn't build. I didn't just, it's almost like on Boys in the Hood. Right. <laughs> when mom wants you to come home from the weekend and furious, like, he grown, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, but you know, as I got older, like I didn't realize that. Now, with being an only child on my mom's side, I wish um, I was the only child, huh? I wish I was the only child. Yeah, it could get boring sometimes. And then if something happened, 
you're the only one that's here, so yeah. you had to do it. But like, I, like my cousins or somebody like right. always no, there with us, you know. So I didn't really grow up as an only child, even though I was the only child. Right. It was very hope, seldomly yeah. that I alone. was the only kid in the house. Um, you know, made me lose my train of thought. So even so, back to it. Um, it just you get this sense of unwashed. So then, when you're growing up, you don't know it. So like, I'm genuinely a nice person. So, you know, looking out for people. So like, I used to be a not, I, th I think, yeah, I'll say afraid. I think I used to be afraid of people leaving my life. Now I'd be like, yeah, I can get the hell on. You call a lift? <laughs> no, no, you got two feet. <laughs> you got them fancy sneakers for the used mugs or something. The new Nikes. But, yeah, but you know, so I, I think that's it. Um, that, I think that was like a big thing. And then not knowing how to receive love because the love that you wanted or yearn okay. for right you know I sometimes I would call home and tell my mom about things that was happening and like she wouldn't believe me so then that gave me trust issues so not saying that I don't trust people right but then I'm thinking don't nobody trust me because if I can't tell you what's going on and then, you know she got you know I got older you know she you know she apologized and stuff and right we, but you we, can't we immediately just it. think I'm not telling you the truth right but you know it's from being a knucklehead so you automatically assume and then what happens is and we were talking about it i forget one of the episodes i think we discussed like when you're like dating and you always hear the negative about right. somebody right? right so i think what it is when you know people will always because even have some relatives oh he's he he don't never he's always skipping school he running the streets but then when i come to you about an issue that i'm having Y'all like, oh, you just saying that because you you in trouble. And I'm like, no, nah, like this was going on in this environment right. that I'm in because the environment I in wasn't, how, you know, I said the lady lady my granddaddy was with, you know what I'm saying? It, 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 it wasn't it wasn't the right thing. You know what right. I'm saying? So, and, you know, my mom and them, my, you know, some of my aunts, they wasn't believing me. Bam. Then 10 years after the fact. Now y'all want to now y'all want to bust somebody in the head or something. That's the mind is You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. So you know, so you know, you go to your 20s, your 30s. I mean, I mean, even you know, 40s probably still have some residue from it. But you know, it's, but it carries you, you on. You live and you learn. Yeah. You I think. Yeah. I'm sorry. Do you think you ever, you personally, from the story you just shared, do you think that you would ever recover from that, or do will you just learn to deal with it? No, I re I recovered. Yep, I recovered. I think in the mist, you you think you learn to deal with it. I always say, um, my my oldest daughter, real bad tonsils, right? One day I just happened to look like two apples. So with her, that was you know what? Scratch that. Let's go this. When you grow up poor, and everybody around you is poor, you don't know you're poor. You don't know you're poor. So with me living in Alamo Hills in the '80s. We, we all poor, you right. know. We we cracking jokes on somebody getting food stamps. That we, got, that we all got, we, got food we all stamps. getting food stamps, yeah. right? But then once you get better or more, your family evolve or whatever, right. come up a little bit, right? Then you like, oh, we had it horrible. Oh wow, <laughs> it really? was bad. You know, we was happy though, right? Yeah. But you know what I'm saying? So it's kind of like when you in the midst of it, like you really don't know, like it's it's just a normal. So before we go to death what has that done for you now? Like that, the whole thing that you just said, how has that made you either a better person or a worse, it, it, worse it's person? It's made me patient, more patient with people, more understanding. 
You know what I'm saying? Because I, I look at it like sometimes like when when I really need it, just the ear sometimes, just to hear me out, believe me. So I know sometimes you can make a million mistakes, but when you come to me with that, that time you didn't make a mistake, sometimes you just want me to hear hear you out. Right. right. You just want to be able to, sometimes a person just need a second, second, third, fourth, fifth chance. So that, that enabled you as an adult to be more patient because you know what it's like when people are not patient or taking the time to understand yeah. you as a person. And it's crazy because how people sometimes hit me up and just, you know, maybe just to just get something off their chest or whatever. Now, they know I like to crack jokes. So then, they, you know, they got to take the, the chance the of, bad, right. man, he might sig on me. But then it's like, you're a good dude, so... I'm just giving you this right. because the way I, I know just, how to unpack I need it. a safe place. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because at the time my safe place wasn't receptive of what I was. Okay. What about you, Dad? I I don't I don't know. Look at, look at that. <laughs> I don't I don't want no parts as, of this part, yeah. okay? As a child, you know, I was pretty sheltered. I don't know if that like if everybody was like that. I wish I was. I wish I, was I wish I had shelter. So so <laughs> that's deep. So I don't like what I bring from my like childhood experiences that I, as an adult is I feel like I have a lot of trust issues and I don't trust people a lot because being sheltered and being like in the situation that I was in. If, Go ahead. <laughs> I got questions now, Jack. <laughs> it'd be like, so I was really nice, right? Yeah, you're, 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 very, you're a sweetheart. Uh, yeah, as far as we know. So... I was really nice and like my mom was always like be great blah 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 my dad was always like you can do this whatever whatever and I was always nice to people but then sometimes people took advantage of my niceness mm -hmm. so then when they take advantage of my niceness I started to realize especially as I got older like you know what I don't know if I can trust you so what happens to me or what happened to me is it came to the conclusion where like a lot of people I don't trust them and then it went to the further extent of like especially a lot of guys I don't trust them and it wasn't because my parents didn't you know do for me or whatever it was because of the way they sheltered me and the things that happened uh, you know I say one thing too I was angry mm. I was really angry oh, yeah and then when I joined church and got in the church and stuff, I learned how to control my anger because I learned that God was a, had, and God would get angry. Right. But it was how about how you can, so, like, so there's nothing wrong with being angry. It was how you, you control do, your right. anger. Right. Like I, I don't lash out on people right. no more. I don't, you know what I'm saying? I don't get physical and stuff. Right. But I, I be angry. Yeah. Yeah. I've never been like Then they say something physical. like be angry but don't sin or something like that? I don't know. I mean, either I had to look it up later, yeah. but it says something like that. I had to ask yeah. my mom. Yeah, but the trust issue is my thing that yeah. I brought from my childhood. So, 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 with that, does that? How does that play in your relationships now? And I don't mean just dating relationships. I mean even like you know right. relationships, oh, with well, us, relationships with yeah, whoever. relationships with people. Well, I don't trust a lot of people. Like it's just hard to trust people. Like you can tell me all day that you know oh. I do this or I'll do this for you or, you know, you can tell me that I can trust you, but I don't always just go right out and trust people. It's really hard, you know, because you never know if somebody's going to eventually turn on you or if somebody's eventually going to 
changed their perspective, although they said they would do something, but then they don't. So do you have a, a wall up a little bit? Oh, I always have a wall up. So does that make it so... I'm not trying to, like... And it's know, not... You can pry as much no, as you want. I no, I, I'm not trying to pry. I'm just trying to, you know, just understand <laughs> it. Because I know people probably watching, they probably yeah. want to ask questions, too. <laughs> so, well, I have a wall up because I don't want to be hurt Do your any. wall have a door, though? Yeah, I open it sometimes, but I close you, it just as fast as I You probably got a little open. window or right. just a blind. People, people. Blind. <laughs> Who is that? No. What's the and, password? And it's not that I... And then it, it also leads to the fact that it's not that I don't like people, but I don't like people. Does that make sense? I yeah. love people, but I don't, I don't like uh, Yeah, them I like them. You know what I'm saying? And my biggest thing all the time is always, I always try to tell people to look for the good in life mm -hmm. because I always try to look for the good in life and I try to support people. But then at the same time, people just, you know. They're, they're people. Yeah. They're jerks. They're not they're, as good they're, as the three of us. They're yeah. Not, <laughs> they're not always better good. Than they're not always else. good humans. Yeah. But you can go out and you can say, okay, so this is a trusting. I can go out and I say, oh, I'm going to help you with this and I'm going to help you with this. And then you turn around and you help these people and then they go back and they throw it right back in your face. Like, see, well, what I, was me? What was the point of me wasting my time trying to help you? But, you know, but sometimes I, I've learned that. I let it Just go. Just because I can help you doesn't mean you can help, help me. me. It, yeah, but at the Maybe same time. Maybe this relationship is me giving to you. Yeah, but at the same time, you're helping that person. You're also helping yourself get ahead, too. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Or you're helping Re yourself was it res inside. Reciprocity? Y'all know I can't say. Yeah, y'all know I ain't got that tooth back there no more. <laughs> was it the law of reciprocity? You know, yeah. basically, if you want something, give it. Give it. Yeah. 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 But I do try to, you know, help people in a sense. But at the same time, I don't always feel like I'm going to always get something in return or look for anything in return or trust that people are going to appreciate me helping them for what I See, did. That's the word appreciate. Mm -hmm. I think yeah. that's what it is. You just want appreciation because that's all I want to do is be appreciated. Well, I don't I always you, I don't I, <laughs> I don't think I'm looking for any type of gratification from appreciation. You know what I mean? I just look to people as I hope that I can trust them. See, you then, know what I mean? Because people appreciate me. I hear it all the time that people appreciate me, mm -hmm. but it's not the appreciation I'm looking for. It's the fact I don't really know what I'm looking so, for. Oh, think, think about. Oh, so that's it. Yeah. So you think about this. You say appreciation. Are they appreciating you or what you do for them? I don't care about Because sometimes people just... No, I'm just saying yeah. people will appreciate what you do for them. And then once you can't do for them, they become unappreciative. That's true, but even if you don't do things for people, I'm just saying you can't trust people, basically, do, and do, that's my thing. So you don't, she don't trust us. She don't. Hey, Matt, she doesn't <laughs> trust you back there, guys. So okay. I trust Matt. <laughs> so anybody who doesn't know, the Matt other two <laughs> is our amazing sound guy. Yeah, part Matt, of the Matt, team. Matt's the like the the producer, the behind yeah. the scenes. So it's really this is a four man. This is a four man thing. Four person. For, a, a four person. Things, see right? what I'm saying? That's why I can't trust you. <laughs> so I can't even trust oh, you in the group. Oh, oh, you ain't. You got. So how has it affected <laughs> you? You thought you was off the hook? <laughs> Wouldn't he slick for to try to get into something different? I tried to segue quick <laughs> too. Uh, a lot of things. I think for me, I used to have abandonment issues. That's um, the word I was looking for. I had abandonment that's the, issues. That's the word I was looking for, abandonment. Yeah. And I think my abandon, my abandonment issues came from, uh, I think I just never thought that I was good enough. Like when I when you deal with parent-wise, because I was mm -hmm. like basically raised with my mom a lot. And then later on in the years, I was raised with my dad. But I had a lot of anger towards my dad because I figured like you left me knowing my situation. You mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? Like, and it's like, 
you left me. I come and see you. You're doing better than what my environment is. And yet, and still, you left me here knowing that yeah. that's what it was. So I carried a lot of anger yeah. uh, for that. And, and that's where I'm looking for. Abandonment? It wasn't, I, even though I have rejection issues, but it came from my abandonment issues. Because yes. even, the, I remember with, with the counselor. You felt I abandoned? To, yeah. Yeah. I felt abandoned because I felt that my mom abandoned me when she left. So, when she dropped you off. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Daddy, Look, everybody going to be like, they're going to be like, ooh, Miss Marie. <laughs> Bro, it, it, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't, so it wasn't no, like that. Yeah. She thought she was doing the best for you. She, she thought, good. like, yeah. as a woman, I can't. So the only man that I, okay, Trust. go but back some, to her childhood. Some, but some right. women don't do that. Some women don't go out and try to say, mm-hmm. oh, I'll get this man to help. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Or find a father figure for their child, especially boys and young men. Sometimes they, women want to show that they're strong. Yeah, right? but, enough to but do it's it. not always the case. Like some women have raised great men. Don't mm-hmm. get me wrong, but it's not always the case that some women can raise men because they are already dysfunctional and traumatically messed up their own mm-hmm. selves before they go out and try to yeah. raise a mm-hmm. whole grown man. So what my mom did, she went to her childhood. So the two men who raised her, her father, her grandfather, her grandfather deceased. So she went to her daddy. Yeah. Hell, he raised me and my brothers and sisters, whoever. We ain't dead. <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, so it, it, it makes sense. Right. Yeah. You know so, what I mean? And so then I think for me, too, uh, being very transparent, like earlier on in school, I was no good. Not because I couldn't learn or couldn't do anything. I think I told this story uh on this other thing that I was doing about Miss Jones, uh, Ruth Jones. I don't know yep. if everybody knows her, but Ms. she's a prominent educator of Grand Rapids, Michigan. Yeah, uh, hold it down. R.I.P. Yeah. So I remember her sitting me down and really like having a, a conversation with me about learning and asking me things like how, like no one had, had ever asked me, how do you want to learn? You know, how do you learn best? Uh, let's try this and let's see how you learn it and then we'll go from there. So... I had a lot of animosity towards that because I felt like school wasn't for me, you know? And then once I figured out how I like to learn, I flourished, Mm -hmm. like just boom. And so that was a barrier that I got off of. And then the same thing, you know, growing up, when you grow up poor and you don't know, like Mondo said, Mm -hmm. but then you start seeing that you're poor because I started moving in different uh, environments, you know, having different kind of friends from playing Mm -hmm. basketball, uh, going to cadets and things like that. Then you would meet other people and then you would go into their environment and see how things was going. So I always thought like, man, I never want to grow up and have a kid and have them to go through what I went through. So what I carried on to my adulthood is that I'm always going to work hard no matter what. And I'm not saying that I'm better than you, but I'm the best person in the room. That's how I feel. And I'm going to make sure that I'm the best person in the room because I'm going to come in the room. room. I'm going to come in the room and be well equipped when I come in the room. And I was talking earlier about some people fight to get into the room. Mm -hmm. I fight on two fronts. I fight to get there, and then I fight to know what it takes to stay in the room. Mm, that's so, the thing. Yeah. Staying in the room, stay and then the bringing, and then bringing people into the room. And so, for me, you I can't I, always trust them. Now you can't trust them. <laughs> but I, I always, I always thought, you know, I think it was the anger from from my dad. Mm. Uh, it was the love of my mom that I brought into adulthood. She's an amazing person. Like she's she's the first person that taught me about God. The first person that taught me about like unconditional love, you know. But even in our chaos, so now I'm that person 
that I'm always going to talk about God regardless. Like, we could be drinking some Crown Royal and God may come up. You know, you never know when it's going to come up. I genuinely love people. I get that from my mom. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's a, it's a fault because you're just genuinely trying to love everybody. Yeah, and then everybody, like, parents. yeah, screw over you or whatever. But one of the biggest things that I brought from my childhood is the family. Like, I'm so big on family. I'm so good with connecting with people, making people feel a part of something. Mm-hmm. Because that's how, you know, when we didn't have anything, we had yeah, each family. other. Yeah. And we had family. And we had, you know, that's the first time that I was disappointed. The first time I knew somebody loved me. The first time that somebody hurt me. Like, all of the first-time things that some people don't get until they leave their home. Like, when you say talk about shelter, not mm-hmm. talking about you in general. Yeah. But when you're sheltered, you don't get that, 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 that socialization. Mm-mm. And then that first time you go out and get hurt, I'm already prepared for it because I've been disappointed. Yeah. You know, first time I felt no, like in a, me. in a relationship that I was being abandoned by the woman that I had already felt that abandonment. Right, so yeah. I was starting a little bit further than I would say someone else who didn't have these things. So it didn't bother themselves. you being abandoned. No, it did. It, it bothered the bother heck you, out of me. But you kind of you, you kind of built for a little bit. So you good. It's almost like you got a bulletproof Proof vest, vest on. on. Because you, you feel know, the bullet. <laughs> you know what you're going into. You know, right. I know I'm going into this war, yeah. but I'm more prepared for it. Right. Than rather, no, like he's saying, if you like, shelter, I'm going to have a breakdown. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> why? This is, this is what happens out here. <laughs> so people lie? <laughs> so like, you know. <laughs> let, me, let me ask y'all this. And it's because we're still dealing with childhood to adulthood, right? Right. So you brought up like school, elementary school. I, I thought I had, I'm like, you know, some people prefer working third shift, second, first, whatever. Some people like sitting at an office a day job. All some day, people yeah. like being at a factory, you know, right. doing hands-on stuff, building and stuff. So you're adults. You didn't just become like that as an adult. Right. So as a job. So how fair is it for you, for the kid like me, I like to read, right? But I sometimes like to read. I have to have some type of something in the background. background. Noise. Right, yep. And it I don't know how I work. If I have music playing while I'm reading, I can read more. I don't know what what it a different they stimuli say it, or something. Sometimes it correlates with the, the music, the words correlate with the music. Possibly. And it yeah. helps, yeah. With memory. So but in school you taught sit there. Don't listen to music, don't be bother quiet, nobody. And read. You know, there's some kids well, he's ADHD. Well, yeah. I didn't get diagnosed. I don't even know if they had ADHD yeah. when I was yeah. a kid. Um, well, the, he's ADHD because um, he likes to run around and, <laughs> and sing um, <laughs> trap music. <laughs> and he got all his work done? Yeah. yeah but um, when now, he doesn't sing trap music. Now, Sarah Beth over there, um, she can't focus. Because, so it's my fault. So he need to get on drugs. Because she can't focus because he got energy, but he even got all his work done already. Right. Like so. I said, Miss Jones taught me how I needed to learn. Well, everybody yeah. learns differently. Yeah. Right. And and, 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 and and that's the point. Like, what role does that play on us? Like, I suck at math, right? I'm a word person. Right. So, like, me, no matter what, if, if once we get past times tables. Yeah. That, that, <laughs> times tables. <laughs> I'm cooked. No algebra. I'm cooked. Even, no calculus. Even, stop. Don't touch that. I, I joined her the other day. She was like, triangle. And I was like, yeah, that is a triangle. And I learned that in, I learned that in jail. You didn't <laughs> know if it was a cute you said or Jeff? Uh, She was like, rectangle. I'm like, that looks more like a square, but it don't matter. Yeah. Octagons. So, so how do you think that plays into the setup? 
the prison, the was it the school, the prison, pipeline, the pipeline, yeah. right? I think the prison, whatever. Yeah. Institutions. Yeah. I think yeah. that um, as, and I can just speak for. I'm not speaking for every African American, but I'm just going to speak as an African American. Uh, we're very hands-on people. Mm-hmm. We're very let me see, and then I can do. Uh, not saying that we're not intellectual people, right? But when in the absence of instructions, we are more likely of the people who could get things done. Mm-hmm. So I think when you don't take that into account, then you're excluding a big group of people. Perfect example would be GM. Mm-hmm. GM, a lot of people came up from the South and came up here her to people. her people mm-hmm. to get jobs in GM, right? Taking the jobs from us. So they're working the North Pole. No. So they're working <laughs> They're working in these factories. Mm-hmm. And a lot of them were coming like right out of high school. Someone was lying about their age to even get into the factory yeah. and work. There was no manual for what was done. They were telling them and showing them, this is how you make the car. This is yeah. how you make, you know, that steel case. This is how you make the, you know, the furniture or whatever the case may right. be. So then come along and you got all of these people now who are making $30, $40 an hour sometimes. Mm-hmm. And a lot of them was uh, African-American people. They come in and then there's a wave of, there's a wave of people who now are coming into the workforce and they can't compete with the hands-on part mm-hmm. of what GM and Steelcase is doing and we can't get rid of just fire the ones who've been there all these years that's doing it. So how do we get rid of them and oppress, and I, I'm using the word oppress, mm-hmm. oppress them on the job, which means to stop them where they are and they can no longer continue to make an income mm-hmm. uh, in this company. I put an aptitude test in place. Yeah. Now a job that that's, you've been that's doing- That's biased. Yeah, that's biased. Mm-hmm. A job that you've been doing for 25 years now I put this piece of paper and say, if you can't write down how you're doing it, then you're not qualified for the job anymore. Because I'm not, because I can't articulate. I can't articulate, but I've been, the cars have been safe for 25 years. years. Yeah. Right. So I, I think that when you ask about how people learn from there to here, I think that's a big part of it is that, you know, even when you're a kid, you don't know how to read or write. Everything is hands on. You count hands-on, you read with letters hands-on, like everything is hands-on. So but like, then we, she, like she did me, she yeah, said trying. She threw up the rock. <laughs> oh, then she broke it down and said diamond. See, yeah. she with Jay-Z now. Yeah. But just think about that. We start off as kids, everything is like hands-on. And yeah. then we go to, you know, to articulating how we should do something. Yeah, I think it deals with the psychological effects too of how people learn things, you know what I mean? I don't think it's just like everybody is one way or everybody's right. hands on because some people are better at seeing things like mm-hmm. like my sister for example she can see stuff what, and what she sister? which sister and she, I only got one sister okay. I got you. <laughs> that one hey sister that one. hey sister so she's very good at like seeing things and she's super book smart you know what I mean but mm-hmm. I feel like I'm better at like doing things and I learn better that way. You know, I like I want to touch it, I want to feel it, but she can like read stuff or see something and boom, instantly she knows. Yeah. It. You know, so Yeah, I know I, me. I'm I'm handsy. Yeah, yeah. are you? <laughs> you got the paperwork to prove it. <laughs> but I, I think some people are better at you know, 
learning styles, yep. different types of way. And I, I think also that schools should put that, they should implement that. And I think they do already. I don't know. I don't have any kids or anything like that. But from like seeing things, I do feel like they should put that in school so that kids learn differently because everybody isn't going to learn on the same style. I could be wrong, right? I think schools, right, the classroom is set up not for the students, but for the teachers. teachers. They are. But, but then the teachers at the same time, the teachers have to realize that their learning style is going to be completely different than the children's learning style. So I was a corporate trainer for a long time. So I used to like, they send me all over the country and stuff mm -hmm. like that, teach people. Oh, he just stunned on us, but it's yeah. And private then, jet. And um. <laughs> it, it wasn't private, but I did have a corporate guard. So anyways, <laughs> so when they send you out, they send you these different places. And so you learn, mm. you know, you have to teach teach different people like different things but you learn about the people because everybody you couldn't teach them the same way so some people so you have to integrate a learning style to teach everybody Correct. so you have to go like okay let's do a hands-on activity mm -hmm. let's do a visual activity let's do something where everybody like does it so that everybody can see because if you do the few different learning styles everybody can kind of understand it and grasp that's what I was going to say is uh, like when I do training, I always make sure that I'm hitting the core ways that people learn. Mm -hmm. So we may be talking about this subject, but then I'm going to have something visual to go with it, some hands on to go with it, something you can write down, like all of those things incorporated. And I think that sometimes teachers, not a knock on teachers, but they don't have time. That's true. They don't have the time true. to do that when Mondo ADHD running right. around singing trap music and I gotta keep right. telling them to sit down. Right. And then you got Sarah really Lynn like over here sleep. I don't like, I yeah. probably would be this one to sleep because I don't like trap music. No, I love trap music. I bet. We can tell. <laughs> so. That's why I got the social distancing <laughs> show right here. But I, I think that also when you look at environment, sometimes people bring their ideologies right. from their... Uh, from their childhood. From their belief window. From their belief window. Yeah. Uh, and sometimes they didn't etch it into their window. Yeah. No, it was etched in for that, them. That's the thing with your belief window is you, 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 because you're wearing it. Right. Yeah. You ain't never wrote nothing on it. Everybody else has right. drawn on your belief window except you. you. But then you're responsible t to figure this out and to shift this and move this and take this out. That's the sucky part. Yeah, but you got to learn about yourself. But at yeah. what point, but, but, as a kid... That's what my essay is about today, actually. Oh, oh, so but, you did, but you didn't finish it. At <laughs> no, all. not yet. But sometimes a kid <laughs> don't understand why they are the way they are because they can't see past what they've been brought up for. So if, you, so if I don't well, know... Well, as a child, you know, you're still an adolescent. You're not completely at that stage where you But you, you can understand. corrupt the adolescent. No, but, but by this time, so by the time you're 17... Your belief window it's, is like a page in that book. Yeah. It's so much stuff on there. So, okay, they say in China, right? Right. When you first start school, you just they don't even teach you for real. You just learn morals and respect. But before then, at home, they say they dictate like, okay, you're going to be a doctor, you're right. going to be a lawyer. Yeah. So all we do is put different things in your room. That pertains to, to, to that career. Right. That, and, and, and it's like a stimuli or whatever. So that's all you know. That's all you're going to do. So it, it ain't no if, answer, buts about it. This is what you're going to do, right? Because they believe that ain't no... put it, it out there, it'll happen. Yeah. Right. So with us, all that toxicness, dysfunction, remember, well, 
yeah, I probably do. Remember when you was a kid? Well, what do you want to be when you grow up? Right. I want to be a fireman. I want to be a doctor. I want to be a police. I wanted to be a bus driver. A bus, see, bus driver. <laughs> You can still do that. No, because you don't, don't like be, people. I don't, yeah, I, okay, listen. Let's correct this before we get too far. I like people, but I just have a hard time trusting people. I've seen some of your posts. And, what does that mean? All my posts have been great posts. They right. were not like people posts. <laughs> uh-uh. They were. So, so then, so let's say, I grow. I want to be a. I want to be a cop, right? Right. But then I grow up, and I start getting this belief window. So my dad's my hero. But I seen the police take him away. Now I haven't seen my dad for 20 years, right? So you don't want to be a police. Anymore. Right. Police are bad people. They break up families. That's what I'm gonna probably think. Right. Yep. Because that's been put on my belief window. Mm-hmm. Not not saying good, bad, right or wrong. So then the next thing, well, I want to be a basketball player. Okay. So now I'll go to the court, willing them. Man, you suck, and you got on them raggedy shoes. So now my belief window. You know what I'm saying? I can't I get play ball. Better shoes. Yep. Or you know, or whatever. Or you, you you suck. So now you done broke down my self esteem. Or so is those. Dip, so that's what I'm saying. So then by the time you 16, when you try to come in, you know now you got to figure all this stuff that's on there, because everybody that you ever met, teachers, family members, affected you. Yep. And nobody ever just said like you said, but like you said, Miss Jones came and she took an eraser. And she, wiped, and she erased it off, you know, and then she filtered with something else. So how many, you know, how many of us have actually had a person come in and to see something that was wrong or it wasn't, they didn't speak the right thing into us, right? Right. Right. When you, okay, black people, this is what we do. Oh, you old nappy head so-and-so. Yep. Now, granted, Fat technically, it's nothing wrong with having nappy hair. Right, but then, but when you say it to me in negative sense, now that gave some little girl a complex about her hair, right? Right. That play on her esteem. Right. Right. And then if she don't have, especially uh, a male reinforcing her about her beauty, then what? Right. <laughs> then slickster, then slickster come. Mr. Mondo. You like the nappy hair, <laughs> huh? Not me. Hey, long well, as it's like, Yeah, you long can tell her whatever because yeah. now she's gonna fall. Because ain't for nobody it. never told. You. <gasps> but girl, he loves me. But yeah. but, but he been busting you upside your, your head, head every month. But if they <laughs> but, had trust issues, they wouldn't have that problem. But think about think about That's this. probably why they got the trust issues. Right. <laughs> think about you know when you're a kid and you do have that person who continuously reinforce mm-hmm. uh, the things that... Positive the things. The positive things. Mm-hmm. Reinforce those positive things. Uh, and I'm sure that we've all had someone that that one spark was like, man, I can do anything. Like, this person just sparked it for you mm-hmm. right off the bat. Let's talk about, like, who was that person? What was that instance? And it may be many or multiple, but what was the one that sticks out for you that really changed either your thought pattern or the direction in which you were going? me my granddad changed like a lot of stuff for me I just feel like he was always like a very motivational person you know he was always super humble and always like do what you need to do for yourself and take care of yourself and always protect yourself and from him what I got is that I could always be great because he said that you can always you know you can always be great he and my dad and so my dad at the same time you know he's always been a person who's been like you know 
you can do whatever you want to do. You don't work for your, you know, you don't have to work for people. You can always work for yourself. And he's always been like a motivational person like that. But he got it from my granddad, you know, and, and that's what they always kind of instilled in like me, my cousins. And so stuff you like carry that. that with you. To yeah, help that you I can always be great. Right. Yeah, you know. You are great. I know I'm great. Yeah. I mean, people don't have to tell me because it's been no, instilled saying, in me just, that I am. I'm a, a good great friend. Person. I see greatness in you. I know. Thanks. Yeah. Black people don't appreciate nothing. You give them a compliment. That, I know. I mean, I don't know if I can trust you quite yet. <laughs> Mondo. <laughs> what was the question again? <laughs> the question was, who spoke life oh, Okay, yeah. yeah. I mean, my, you know, my family, especially like my grandma, whenever, most of the times when I say my grandmother, I'm talking about my great, my great grandma. And uh, I think she spoke life. Like to, to everybody, you know, she was the the one who who taught us how to love. You know what I'm saying? How to be open to people, like how to, you know, let people in, help people. Even though we was kind of we ain't have paper like that. You know what I'm saying? She always give help people out. Um, so I think that's that's you know where I got it from. That's why I, you know look out for people. Cause that's what right. I seen. I remember um, we was you know young, growing up at Alamo. We had a phone, and uh, it was some people lived in the building with us. I you know I, I can visualize it now. That I think about it. One of the neighbors would come and use the phone. So my uncle would be like, he ain't like that. <laughs> like why they gotta come over here and use the phone? But grandma was like, no, it's it's okay. You ain't expecting no phone calls. Right. They can come use the phone long. They ain't calling long distance. You know, right. didn't care. So, you know, I think with that, as I've get gotten older, you know, um, different men come in my life, right. you know, that I met, you know, from like, you know, Jermone and Ken and Darius and, you know, John Covington, you know, guys like that, you know, instill stuff in me and push me and motivate me. And, and I think it's always good for me when somebody who's who's not been around you a long time when they can see something in you right that somebody who's known you for years seen it in you right and it's almost like bam got confirmation yeah. yeah you know um and you know sometimes it's like wow and it may be a confirmation from like 20 years right or you know however long but you know it, it's, it's 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 always good i think we need that and and I think people we need to learn how to encourage other people. Well, others. But when the when people see things in you, have, how often do you feel like you've acted on what they told you they've see, seen in you? I'm, you how you got my nerves. And that be the thing <laughs> with with me. It's crazy. The the confidence I'll have in you, I won't have it in myself. Sometimes it be like that. You know what I'm saying? I'd be like, ooh, you can do it. You can do it. But then somebody be like, oh, bro, you right there. You you, you got it. You you, you like, right uh, at the finish line. And I'd be like, man, I can't. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Look of excuse of why I can't. Do Not it. even excuse why. It's just be that self-doubt. And then, like, somehow get that call, get that, get that, that whatever it is, yeah. and it just give you that joke and yeah. be like, boom. See... I think for me, uh, it was, and probably only even beknownst to her. I think I don't think that she even knew. Uh, it's my mom, like her strength and her resilientness. 
Ain't women strong? Man, and I think that just watching how strong she was and all the trials and tribulations that she'd been through and yet still she's staying, Mm -hmm. like for me, that was like fuel. You know what I'm saying? And my mom, uh, I'm her favorite child. So my mom... I'm my mama's favorite child too. See? But go ahead. So my mom... My mom won't tell me. Because you're not. (laughs) So your sister's your mom's favorite child. I definitely... (laughs) So my mom would... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> my mom would uh we would have conversations and she would just like speak life even in her her roughest times mm-hmm. uh of me growing up like she would always speak life into me and tell me all these great things that I was going to do and I'm like uh are you looking at me through mom eyes <laughs> you know right. cuz that ain't what the world is telling me but she's always had that fight for me to push and push and push and so I use that now like to me sometimes it's like my mom gonna be disappointed in me even though I'm grown mm-hmm. and like it's probably she can't whoop me anymore which she could but you know I don't have that fear of of that but right. it's still instilled in me I don't want to disappoint her and make her it, it, I, and that's would be I, I'd be having a fear of failure a failure yeah. and yeah. I don't want to disappoint her and so I always try to make a way no matter what right so mm-hmm. I brought that with me and, and along with Mondo said you know like people like Michael Brown right I met him when I first started a job for like 15 years ago. First week I was there, I said, Mike, taking your job. <laughs> yeah, and Mike was like, story. all right, let me show you how. Like yep, literally, man. he's let me show you how. And he's always been a mentor to me, man. Like every move I make, and I've, you know, I've lived in a couple states and cities and stuff with work. He's the first person I always call when it's come to my career. Mike, what you think? This is what's going on. You know, then you got like Hugh Martin, you mm-hmm. got Mario Cunningham, you know, you got Don Don, you know, a lot. I was blessed to play basketball with some great men and it trickled outside of basketball where they would hold me accountable in other places. Right? And, yep, and, and I that's think that's, that's what really made a difference in my life, that they would hold me accountable in other places, not just on the court. But they'll see me doing something, or even now I can post something crazy. I may get an inbox from take that down. You can't say that. You better than that. Mm-hmm. And I'd be like, it's my page. Take it down. And it comes down. Yep. No question. Because yeah. the commodity that we have, the respect that you have, and you know that when everything else crumbles, well, I know when everything else crumbles in this world, I can lose my job, I can lose my house, I can lose my car. I can call one of those brothers, not for anything, but just to say, this is where I'm at, I feel broken, and they're gonna drop what they got going on and have that conversation with me, give me some insight and give me some resources. And because I know that, I'm I'm not afraid to fail because I know my foundation is gonna catch me. You know, I'm got a lot of brothers and sisters, but I'm closer with my sisters, so I know that my foundation is always going to catch me. Mm-hmm. So I'm not afraid to fail or try things. Right, right. So so it's family. Family is your rock. Family, family is the rock for most yeah. people. Yeah, it's that, it's that foundation. That foundation. So when we when we look at... It's like a house appraisal. Yeah. yeah. You got to check that foundation. Got to check the yeah. foundation. Yeah. yeah. So with that being said, uh, checking your foundation, I think that people need to understand that their humble opinion is sometimes taken from their foundation no matter what that foundation is built up on somewhere your humble opinion was formed there we enjoyed talking to you guys can't wait to talk to you again we're signing off from will mondo and death keep them humble opinions humble Peace. peace out
The opinions expressed in the preceding program are those of the producer and not necessarily those of WKTV Community Media.